Welcome to Season 3 of Power Band Podcast brought to you by Motomuck. More about how you can save some money on some Motomuck a little bit later in the podcast. This is Power Band Podcast, the premier New Zealand motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray here and joining me is a rather poorly co-host, Matthew Day Gillett. Hey man, how's it going? Obviously you're a wee bit better off than I am. Well, I have been. I've been quite sick. And uh, you're sounding a little bit husky yourself. I Mine kicked in on Wednesday last week. I was blocked up Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, starting to come right. Sunday, I had to get come right because I had a trail ride on. But you're still sounding a bit poor. Yeah, well, um, I've got the old compromised immune system courtesy of some uh, special medication I'm on to handle a special thing that's wrong with me. So, yeah, I take a wee while to bounce back. Um, but, yeah, the good news is uh, my entire family has it now. Oh, brilliant. So, that's great. <laughs> yeah, little fella, the wife. Going to go to Auckland tomorrow. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday. Going to Auckland on Monday to stay the night with the in-laws. So we'll see if we can pass it on to them too. Uh, I hear there's a special reason why you're going to Auckland. Yeah, and I may as well. I hope I don't jinx it by uh, saying it out loud, but um, I have to go get interrogated by the US consulates for it so I can get a visa. Oh, have you been a naughty boy? Is this something motorcycle related? It is motorcycle related. Um thankfully. We've been teasing it for a while and um, I have been invited to go to the States to ride Harley Davidson's brand new electric motorcycle, the Lovewire. And I believe there's not many New Zealanders that have been invited. Yeah, um, there's me. <laughs> somehow. Somehow I'm the only Kiwi going, so um, I'll be flying the flag solo, I guess. Don't say f*** and do a good job. Hey, that's the uh, that's the idea. Uh, but it should be awesome, so <laughs> I think part of the reason I got the all invite from Harley was because I was one of two Kiwis to go to Project Livewire, which was the prototype bike. The other Kiwi's not in the uh, industry anymore, and um, yeah, I'm just doing my own thing, and uh, they kindly offered me the gigs, so uh, yeah, pretty cool. So it'll be very interesting. I'm going to have to read my um, story that appeared in Driven in, I think it was March 2015, um, on Project Livewire, just to reacquaint myself with the bike, because um, yeah, there's it's been a wee while between drinks. Well, that's a pretty special thing, and I hope we're going to hear that on the podcast in the coming months. However, matters to hand. And kicking off the news, KTM have passed Harley-Davidson in global unit sales. Now, this is reported by our mates over the ditch uh, in the States, RevZilla.com. KTM has surpassed Harley-Davidson in global unit sales, which means the Austrian firm has stolen the crown of top non-Asian manufacturer by volume. KTM does produce motorcycles in India, but they're not based there. There's more to the story than KTM's aggressive rise and Harley's shrinking sales. While KTM sold around 30,000 more motorcycles than Harley-Davidson last year, Harley is hardly beaten. Bef- uh, even with fewer bike sales, Harley tripled KTM's revenue figures. That's $5 billion in bikes and related merch, plus another $750 million from Harley's financing wing versus $1.75 billion from KTM. See, that's not actually surprising, really, um, when you think about it. It. It's not. I'm I mean, sorry to cut in there. You're right. Harley Davidson is a massive brand. Now, KTM sell plenty of small bikes. As you're saying, Harley still made more money, and I think that's because Harley bikes, like the entry point for Harley bikes, is sort of the top end of KTM's. Um, so you've got the Sportsters, which range from about I think 16 grand. KTM, for instance, the brand new 790 is what 23, 24 thousand dollars. You're sort of topping out at about the mid 30s for a KTM. Um, a Harley with the big block engine with the Milwaukee 8, those tend to just start at the 30 mid-30s and you can go all the way up to nearly 50 grand on some of those Harleys. So what we're saying is KTM don't, they, they, they sell their bikes but they don't make massive money where Harley-Davidson make royalties on everything with the HD logo and uh, so they're raking in the dough without actually manufacturing a stink load of bikes. Yeah, and Harley also have their own financing things so instead of going down to MTF on the corner of Barry's Point Road, you go into your Harley dealership and they can finance you straight away, um, which is very handy for Harley. Um, you've also got the merch, obviously. So KTM does selection of merchandise, but I'm pretty sure KTM don't do a dog bowl and Harley do. Harley do merch for freaking everything. I think you can get anything you want with the Harley Davidson logo on it. Oh, Honestly, I'm pretty sure you can. I guess the difference being Harley Davidson put everything out with the with the with the Harley Davidson logo on it. KTM makes stickers that you put on everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, 
and you, you have like your, um, what is it they call it? KTM Power Wear, um, which is sort of, you got your nice KTM jacket, your button-up shirt, your cap. Um, but yeah, kind of until you start looking into your KTM riding, like your adventure riding gear, which I think is made in association with Alpine Stars um, or one of those European um, clothing brands. But even then, like it's a small, small, narrow um, amount of kit where Harley, as we've said, like you can think about it, there's a Harley logo on it somewhere. Speaking of Harley, uh, if you jump on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Podcast, you'll see uh, two interesting Harley-related posts on there at the moment. One uh, was posted, uh, what, what, lunchtime Sunday, uh, Harley-Davidson uh, in aquatic mode, which I thought was rather rather comical. Uh, Harley-Davidson and a, and a jet ski side-by-side on a trailer being reversed into what I hope is a freshwater lake. Yeah, you'd hope, but honestly, when I saw that, I was thinking... Who the hell is um, trailering their bike next to a jet ski? And like, I know it's you. You get excited to get into the water and that. Like, when I want to take my kayak in the uh, down to the beach and that, I'll get excited enough to drop it off the roof rack and knock my wing mirrors off. Done that twice now. Um, but seriously, like, if you've got a bike like that, which it's an ultra glide, it's the nice big Harley Tourer. That's well over forty grand's worth of bike there. How can you forget that? <laughs> I don't know. If, if it is fresh water, I don't know if it's been forgotten. I think they've just gone, she'll be right, because <laughs> America. Uh, the other interesting thing you'll see on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast, uh, is a video you posted, Matt, from uh, well a channel, and I'm just going to say it bluntly, that I've since gone and watched every single video they've ever made. Uh, I am trying to remember what that video is. Harley Davidson, everything you need to know. Get up to speed. It's Donut Media, uh, and it's basically everything you need to know about Harley and about a 25 Ah, that's right. Uh, very, very well put together, uh, and definitely puts a puts a you know a background, a new spin on what is Harley Davidson. It adds a bit of fun to it. So everyone knows Harley is currently well. They've been trying to get away from this mind, well, this image for quite a while now. But it's Granddad's bike, or it's Dad's bike. Um, it's the Middle Age accountant's bike. Um, but it adds a nice fun spin and it goes into some really interesting history in Harley. And, and it also gives you the background as to why it is Granddad's bike. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a lot of interesting takes there. They have missed a few things, obviously. Um, Donut Media, um, they're a channel that I watch a lot, uh, especially when I'm woken up at 5am with the little fella. Um, and they have put a nice lighthearted take on... Um, sort of all things car and uh, I didn't realise that a chopper was a chopper because it was chopped because they chopped all the crap off it and it was basically an, uh, you know an old school version of a naked bike uh, but done in, done in someone's garage with an angle grinder yeah it's um, fascinating stuff really um, but yeah it's well worth a watch and um, it, it may not change your mind on Harley um, as you can probably guess I'm on a bit of a Harley bent at the moment um, trying to get myself amped up for uh going to America for Livewire and also trying to get the courage needed to go into the American consulate. Um, but honestly, like, I'll come and go on Harley, um, depending on what bike I'm looking at. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's all right. And other times I'll be like, hell, yeah, that's awesome. Um, another interesting Harley thing while we're on the topic, um, Hoonigan. So we, you all know Ken Block's um, friends at Hoonigan. Uh, they've been building a flat track racer out of an old Sportster, which um, I think they're trying to do it in 72 hours, uh, so three days. Yeah, um, so they're doing this series at the moment, building a Sportster for flat track racing. And honestly, they start with this yellow turd of a thing, uh, 1999 Sportster, and they have made it into one sexy race bike. Um, and... They've only done two episodes so far. It comes out on Sundays. So this coming Sunday, uh, jump on the old YouTube and have a look. Um, but I've been really enjoying that. And uh, again, it's another fresh take. It's not a whole lot of um, granddads with uh, ZZ Top Beards working on it. It's youngish guys on the right side of 40, I hope. Um, and they're just having a blast. And I think that's kind of what Harley needs to lean into is stop focusing on the premium bikes and that and just start making bikes that people can have fun with again. Right, Matt, 
That's enough about Harley. Sounds good. Let's move on. <laughs> what? Right, uh, BMW. Well, they're getting in amongst with the e-scooters. Yeah. Uh, with, with the growing worldwide popularity of e-scooters as a mobility option, uh, regardless of whether you think they should be on a motorcycling podcast or not, because some people hate scooters, mm. it's only a matter of time before the big player got in the motorcycle world got in on the action. Yeah, so um, this is something that I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, BMW have done sort of more traditional scooters. Um, like we think of them um, but this is more sort of along the line of those hideous lime scooters that you see littering the uh, streets of our big cities and personally I hate the things yeah I just think they're disgusting I'm not looking forward to you my really tra- are a granddad aren't you oh I'm not a granddad I just I moved out of Auckland in what 2016 and since going back I have hated the big city even more um, but since um, lime have come around it just seems like there's a whole lot of green trash on the side of the road. Um, and people just dump them on like footpaths. You see them lying down. Um, sometimes you see them in culverts. Um, and like, I get it as a cool way of getting people mobile and out of cars. But I think BMW actually building one that you can buy is a better way of doing it because you're not going to see these hideous things around. Uh, they've got decent specs. It can go 20 kilometers an hour, which is plenty fast enough. Uh, and has a range of 12k so that's oh really oh 12ks well if you live in the city uh, so not you living out in the wops of wainui amata yeah i suppose it's a fair point it's a 20k trip from my place to work 12ks oh can i hope you can upgrade that battery oh i'm sure it'll come along they've got two separate braking systems so um your foot and your face you should (laughs) hopefully not have to use those two brakes um and yeah, it takes, I think, what was it? Um, only a few hours to charge fully. So I think it's two hours to charge. Um, so that's a long lunch. Um, but they're also doing a kids scooter as well. Um, no idea on the pricing yet and no idea if they're coming to New Zealand, but I just think it's a cool alternative mode of transport that you can own. So it's not like this rideshare bollocks where you charge 40 cents a minute or something ridiculous like that. Um, you can buy this thing in theory and uh, yeah it's a nice alternative to a moped I guess I'm trying to get at um, something that you don't need a warrant of fitness you don't need a registration you just jump on and mm. go you did mention before the BMW have done some scooters as in you know you step through your mini motorbikes your baby your wannabe motorbikes some people would call them there's one that uh, that commutes in Wellington um, I'm not into hating people's bikes but wow this one's ugly. <laughs> it's bright orange. It's got one of those um, helmet-sized ba- boxes on the tail. Oh, you know, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. And it's got a, the guy's put a massive orange BMW logo on the on, on it. And Well, he's clearly a BMW it, fan. Yeah, good on him. Fantastic. <laughs> good on him. But every time I see it, I think, man, you, you couldn't pay me to get on that thing. <laughs> no offence. If you're into it, that is your thing. I'm sure he looks at my MT-07 and goes, oh, what, what a wanker. Dude, get on that thing. <laughs> oh, look at that guy. He's bought the bike here on our sport. <laughs> <laughs> right. 2020 Huskies have been uh, revealed. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the uh, the Enduro bikes, the 2020 TE and FE models. Um, don't know why they're called Fee and T, but yeah. Uh, Whatever floats your boat, I guess. Um, so both are, well, let's start off first. Husky is owned by KTM, so there are going to be some similarities here. If you're sort of going, oh, but it's still a KTM in disguise, there's a few differences too, so stay tuned. Um, so first up, both the FEs and TEs get uh, fully updated WP suspension. Uh, along with better ergos and a new look. Man, I hope they're getting WP suspension, considering it's owned by the same company. Oh, heck yeah. Um, There's a new frame, subframe, shock linkage and bodywork, updated fork and shock settings, and uh, as uh, Husqvarna puts it, premium components as standard. Yep, the new models feature all new frames, new subframes, new suspension, new bodywork, engines as well. All the frames feature increased longitudinal and torsional rigidity, which when added to the new lighter composite carbon fibre subframe ensures exceptional handling exceptional handling, stability and rider feedback. Now the updated 48mm WP Explore front forks and WP Exact 
shock offer simple adjustment, more consistent damping and better resistance to bottoming out. So it sounds like these are going to be great bikes. Brilliant. Well, I think that about rounds off the news. And so last week we talked about uh, some some winter riding life hacks, and uh, we've got a few more for you uh, this week. Um, one that uh, I, I think I mentioned last week, Matt, uh, if, if your gloves uh, are no longer waterproof or you don't have waterproof gloves and, and it's absolutely bucketing down outside, you need to keep your hands warm and you don't have heated grips, put some latex gloves or workshop gloves underneath your uh, your armoured row, uh, row riding gloves and you'll stay a little bit warmer and a little bit drier for a little bit longer, but of course they won't breathe so you will sweat and your hands will go like you've been in the bathroom. And stuff. Also watch out for the um, the ones that have the powder inside them. Um, I don't know about you, but my um, skin reacts to that powder and I, it comes up all red and uh, not happy looking as well. I, so, I uh, hate latex gloves. I think they feel gross and I don't like wearing them. I just think anal probing when I see them. So, um, yeah, that's just me. <laughs> Which um, is what's going to happen for you on Monday. Yeah, hopefully not. But yeah, that, that is a real good one. And I um, can't remember if we said it last week, but i got to give a shout out to uh, Mike Cross at Triumph New Zealand for... Uh, Spotting me a pair of gloves. Um, managed to score a set of Triumph gloves out of him. I'll tell you what, for the name of them and the full rundown, listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 7, because I think we talked about it in, in depth uh, last week. Nerds, yeah, so uh, yeah, once again, thanks, uh, Mr. Cross. Um, they are bloody brilliant, uh, and you're my hero. Hey, tell you what, another another riding winter riding life hack is uh, carry a couple of rubbish bags or plastic bags. You can't get them at the supermarket anymore, unfortunately. And a couple of those little zippy Glad zip lock snap lock bags uh, in your pocket or your jacket or your your panniers. Carry that stuff um, because if you get caught, like me, if you're a commuter rider, you probably carry a laptop to work with you most days. Uh, if you get caught at work with no waterproof baggage uh, in your backpack or your your pan is and your laptop you know is going to get wet pop it in that in that rubbish bag tie it off chuck it in your bags and it'll be sweet as yeah i um i carry they're the um the large size um glad ziploc sandwich bags um you can fit all sorts in them i actually took some with me to thailand they're brilliant for your phone oh heck yeah and uh, any other electronic devices you got uh, bar a laptop um so in saying that are you saying those fancy yamaha panniers of yours aren't waterproof yeah that's exactly what i'm saying i mean (laughs) with with my yamaha panniers i do have dry bags Ah. which is very handy uh laptop goes in one that's in a pocket in the backpack and then we've got you know other a bag of clothes and then there's uh you know bits and pieces and then if i'm going to the gym the gym gear goes in another one so everything stays dry but if you get caught without them the rubbish bag is the next best thing and i tell you what always put your stuff in the bag and then put the bag inside the pannier or the 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 backpack or whatever it is uh instead of trying to put the rubbish bag over the pannier or over your backpack because that's just going to flap and be annoying and probably rip and not be waterproof so the best bet is to put your stuff in that sack and then uh you know tie it off and wrap it up and then put that inside your backpack or the, or the panniers or whatever you've got mm, yeah that's definitely a way to go I think of it as um, your, your pannier, your backpack, that's that's your rugged protection. Um, but it's not waterproof, so yeah, your rubbish bag or Ziploc bag or whatever, um, that's the nice, delicate, uh, waterproof side. Uh, delicate's on the inside, rough stuff on the outside. Another thing that I seem to do uh, about every three to six months is Nick Wax Tent and Gear Solarproof Spray. Now, I got this from a camping shop in the middle of Wellington. cost me $39.99. It's not amazing for a 500ml bottle. But the stuff has lasted about 18 months. I've used it on my riding pants. I've used it on my riding jacket. I've used it on my gloves. So if, you, if your gloves aren't you know waterproof, this stuff can help. Um, I've used it on the panniers because not only is it a waterproof spray, but it's also a, uh, a UV protectant. And my panniers are starting to fade a little bit, so I covered them in this waterproof spray uh this stuff it um it's not going to last if you're doing a full day ride in torrential rain 
It's not going to do a whole lot. It's going to keep you a little bit drier for a little bit longer. The water's going to bead off your gear a bit more instead of soaking in. It's still going to soak in at your, you know, your, your creases in your um in your seams, but it's just a little bit more protection against the elements. It's really good. So grab yourself some Nick Wax Tent and Gear Solar Proof Spray. Great for summer and winter. Uh, I'm sure there's many, many other... Um, uh, many other products available but that stuff works for me and no we aren't sponsored by Nick Wax <laughs> always nice to throw that in but if uh, Nick Wax would like to sponsor us uh, please get in touch and one more thing if you've got uh, leather boots um, thin leather or old leather and they're starting to leak a little bit grab yourself a paraffin wax candle now paraffin wax it's it's that standard white candle the long white candles that you can get from the warehouse for you know three dollars for a box or something so grab yourself a, a bunch of them Rub the candle all over your boots so you get a nice white waxy coating. It's not like rubbing, it's, it's basically like rubbing it with a crayon. Uh, but then you, what you're going to do is you're going to get a, a, a hairdryer or a heat gun or something like that. Apply a bit of heat to your boots or your bag or your gloves or whatever it might be. And um, it helps if it's a, if it's a, a leather or a, a faux leather or a vinyl. Uh, and and that's gonna, the, the wax is going to soak in. And next time you go for a ride excuse me the water's just going to beat off so maybe it's not going to work for if you're going out in, in torrential rain again yeah it's probably not going to be a long term solution either is it no but I had a situation the other day where I needed to shoot down the supermarket five minutes down the road it, it wasn't raining but it had been raining and of course when it's been raining there's water on the road the new tyres man they kick up some spray something chronic so your shoes are going to get covered in water uh, and just for you know for, for a five minute ride uh, you don't want to get soaking wet feet. Um, and I know I shouldn't. You know, it's not very good at GAT. But uh, I've got a pair of um, DC high tops. Uh, so I, I covered them in the paraffin wax and, and melted it in. And they're quite waterproof now, which is fantastic. You know, just for that, that it's not even 40 k's an hour to get down to the supermarket down the road. So I didn't want to break out the boots and everything. I just wanted to shoot down there and grab what I did. And that fixed, that, that was a solution to my problem. So it's a little winter riding life hack for you. Groovy. If you've got a winter riding life hack or a life hack in general, or just want to say g'day, we'd love to hear from you. We've got an email address. Uh, it's as simple as powerbandpodcast, one word, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com. You can also fire us messages through the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast. Love to hear from you, whether it be a, uh, an idea for, a, a topic on the show uh, you've got a life hack uh, you just want to say g'day uh, you, you hate what we're doing and you want to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you so email <laughs> well you might I don't deal so well with uh, negative criticism to be honest but well, see if people hate what we're doing they're listening aren't well, they well yeah true there is a bright side there you know in the world of radio and this is a little background for people who don't work in radio your listening population to any radio station the amount of people that that, that participate with the show is only 10%. So if we want to get one person listening to this, uh, sorry, if we if we want to get one person interacting with this podcast, we're going to have 10 people listening. I'm pretty sure we're uh, already doing all right on that front, but uh, yeah, let's see how we go. So yeah, email us, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com or facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast or at powerbandpodcast on Instagram. Uh, now, Matt, you wanted to have a yarn about some good Samaritan stories. Obviously, last week I got to go on the uh, Kiwi Rider 35th birthday ride uh, with old mate Ben, uh, the publisher of Veg, and a few other good sorts that are involved with Kiwi Rider magazine. And um, after that, um, I had the Triumph Scrambler 1200 XE, which the review is coming up later in the podcast. Um, but um, I was sitting on the side of the road in Riverhead Forest. It was pissing down with rain. Um, and I was taking photos and using the old GoPro and my phone and whatnot. Um, and I saw this car approach and then it stopped and it watched me for about five minutes. And then eventually it drove up and it was this nice, um, lady who had just decided, um, oh, there's a guy with a motorcycle on the side of the road. I better check if he's okay. And she pulled him and goes, are you all right? And I said, yep, yep. I'm all fine. Thanks. Um, and she cruised on a merry way. But for me, this isn't the first time this has happened. Um, in fact, it's happened about four or five times in my riding career. And I just wanted to know if it had happened to anyone else. Um, because it's um, very rarely another motorcyclist pulling over. But often, or more often than not, it's a nice woman 
um, in a car that pulls up and just checks that you're all right. It, I haven't experienced it uh, myself on a road bike, but I can tell you after my d- experiences today at the Aruba Downs trail ride, uh, I've never met such a, a nice group of people. I don't know any of them, to be honest. I don't know. There was probably a thousand people at that ride. I don't know any of them. But every time I was stopped on the side of the... Holy crap, that's a decent turnout. It is. It was a really good turnout. Every time I was stopped on the side of the trail, somebody would be like, you're right? Or a thumbs up, or a what's cracking, you know? Uh, it's it's so good to have so many people that actually care. Uh, and, and, and if you are struggling, or you've got a flat tyre or something, and somebody, you know, can give you a hand. Brilliant. Oh, did you get a flat tyre, Ray? No, I didn't get a flat tyre. <laughs> uh, would you like the full rundown of the Arua Downs trail ride? I would. So I got up at about 6.30 this morning. Uh, it was a very, very foggy morning uh, across the Wellington region. Uh, fog? So thick that at 100 k's you actually had to slow down. Oh, jeez, that's uh, that's pretty thick fog. Yeah, well, being up in the um, in the Waikato, you're probably used to it, but uh, we don't get a lot of it down here. So uh, up at uh, 6:30 on the road by seven, up to the uh, Plimpton Way Station to catch up with uh, a mate of mine, a riding buddy by the name of Nick. Isn't it great when you just you, you meet people at events and then you exchange numbers, and the next time there's an event, you say, "Oh, I'm going to this. You coming? Yeah, I'll see you there. I'll meet you there. We'll go up and go." Yeah, no worries. See, this is why I need to get out and do stuff more and actually put myself out there because um, like, I've got my neighbour Dan over the fence and he's got a CB400, um, but that's a wee bit quicker than my bike and he can't go off-road on it, um, which is a shame. But I want to meet people and uh, get into these rides and I've actually found Instagram's a good uh, good way of actually getting in touch with people. It is. I have said it before though, the best way to meet people is to go to events. Yeah, it's a shame there isn't a uh, New Zealand Honda Rally Rally because uh, I'd be there with bells Honda on. Honda Rally Rally, well maybe you should start one. Anyway, uh, so it was me, it was Nick and Nick's young young fella, nine year old Ryan. Now, Ryan rides a Yamaha TTR 110. Now this is a four speed, uh, no clutch, automatic little motorbike. It's a fantastic little motorbike. Sounds like the kind of thing you might get your wife next. Well, she's she's uh, she can she can work her clutch. Um, she she used to ride a TTR one two five, but um, Ryan's bike, man, it caught me out. I was like, "Have you broken your clutch off?" No. So I'm I'm, I'm trying to get it into neutral, and he goes neutral's all the way at the bottom. Oh, so it's just four up. No one down, four up, just four up, and no clutch. Man, it was so confusing. So I had a yarn to young Ryan uh, about what he was doing, and uh, today at the Arua Downs Trail Ride, a 40k loop was his first time on the full adult's track. Well, that's pretty special. So he's been to a few trail rides with his dad, and he usually goes and, and does uh, a few laps of the kids' track. But no, today he was adamant he was doing the full 40k loop. Uh, so I had to give him a high five on that one. Uh, and then when I found out that he was actually going to do it i was like well i'm coming i'm i'm gonna stay at your pace and i'm gonna ride with you buddy so it was me nick and uh and and young ryan so as i said ryan was on the yamaha ttr 110 uh nick he was on uh my bike's big brother the uh the wr 450 and it was uh, me on the wr 250 and we did the uh we we stuck together so we started on the trails with a very very slippery uh very muddy uh, cow race uh, and that <laughs> cow race, what's uh, that? So you know when you're trying to get cows from paddock A to paddock B, and you've got to go down the the, the driveway essentially. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, it's like a it's a farm trail, except it's designed for like it's a cow highway, isn't it? Yes, yeah, a cow highway. Normally covered in poo and yeah. nasty rocks and ruts and all sorts. Well, of there was there was not not too many not not too many ruts and rocks, but a lot of sand, and because it's been so wet lately, a lot of mud. And a lot of poo. So you don't want to get that <laughs> mud in your mouth because it's not all mud. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, started <laughs> off with um, a lot of slippery stuff, uh, some nice uh, rolling hills, some high speed through the paddock uh, type uh, scenarios. And then we're into the forest stuff, which was a lot of single track, a lot of twisty, turny stuff uh, with quite a few A and B offshoots. So um, Nick and, and young Ryan were off to do the B stuff uh, where I attempted a few A's and surprised myself. Uh, and after 40 Ks, uh, talking personally, me with the old 2003 WR250, man, that bike makes me look like I know how to ride. <laughs> there were some some uphills, and I've got a video. It'll be up at uh, Powerband, uh, up at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Powerband Podcast. 
of a hill climb that I looked at and thought, nah, there's no way I'm getting up that. But, you know, I wanted a bit of a workout. I wanted to sweat a bit. So I had a go and I got to the top. And, of course, I stalled, stalled the bike at the top because I was like, how did I make that? Uh, and, you know, a few fist pumps and, and a bit of cheering and then uh, went round and, and, and had another go. And I did it again. <laughs> so, yeah, the WR makes me look like I know how to ride. But the story's not about me. The story's about young Ryan. Uh, so he managed the 40Ks. And he was absolutely stoked with himself. And the look on the young fella's face, yes, it took him three and a half hours. And he stopped to have breaks and, and, and rest. But that kid, no whinging, no moaning, no tears, no, I can't do it, no, I don't want to do it. He was determined to do it, and he did it. And that that is what we need more of. None of these prissy little, uh, you know, spoiled children. A kid that's determined to, to get on his bike and do the trails, and he doesn't want to go do the kid stuff. He wants to get out there with Dad, and he wants to nail it. Basically, you yeah. know, what I'm hearing is this is what you want uh, Oakley and Richie to be like uh, once they're nine. <laughs> Our little guys. Well, I think I think they will be like that. But you know, sometimes you you go out to an event and there's kids moaning, and it's like, well, we're here to we're here for you, kids. Anyway, um, so I, I uh, 10k's from the end. I had one little lips. I got a little bit too confident uh, and tried an expert uh, hill climb, uh, lost it, and broke the. You didn't uh, break the clutch perch again, did you? No, I didn't break the clutch perch. I broke the front brake lever. Oh, surely you got a spare of those back in the car, don't you? I've never broken one before. Oh, off to AliExpress with you. <laughs> off to AliExpress with you. Get some- now, the interesting a thing, uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, our interview with Natasha Kins, and uh, she was telling me, because I told her about breaking the clutch perch a few times, and she goes, do you not have bark busters? And I said, what do I need bark busters for? She goes, oh, I wouldn't live without them. Do you seriously not have anything like bark busters or- No, I don't, but point taken, I'm going to get some bark busters. Dude, I've got them on the hunt on my bike, and my bike's barely seen any off-road at all. Yeah, I don't even have the padding on the handlebars, which I'm not- saying is a is a cool thing to do it's not i'm not saying that for you know for tough points it's just the bike i i, I haven't done anything to the bike you're running a bare bones operation is well, what I'm, yeah, I, I'm i haven't hearing. done things to the bike because it is how i got it it's not i haven't I haven't modified the bike with that sort of stuff because I haven't seen the need for it. But yes, after breaking two levers and a, and a perch, I see the need for bark busters. So I'll get some, you know, uh, I've, I've never come close to injuring myself on the, on the, 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 what do they call them on the bar, the bark lamps. So I've never had a pad on there. I've never, I'm sure if I was doing high jump and stuff, then I'd probably come close to smashing my face. Yeah, on see, it. I was looking at the uh, the old crossbar because I've still got the steel standard bar on the rally. And I was looking at that today going, oh, I wonder if I could get a uh, foam pad or something there just to be just to be sure that um, I don't go flying over the bars and catching my nuts on that or something. Good day. Fantastic day. Brilliantly catered. Got to say a massive thank you to uh, to the, the family and the staff at Arua Down School. Thank you very much to the Rotary Club up there. Thank you very much to all the farmers and landowners and uh, everyone who put in their hard yards to make sure the Arua Downs Trail Ride happened this year because, of course, it didn't last year. Uh, and it was a, a brilliant turnout, absolutely fantastic event. If you're ever thinking about going, you missed out on a great event, go next time. Fantastic. Arua Downs Trail Ride, it was a rather murky start to the morning. Uh, a couple of the guys, you guys have both done two laps here, yeah? Yep, two laps. Fantastic. What are your names? Uh, John Stefan. John and Stefan. How far have you come today? I'm um, up from Ramadi, down by Wellington. Oh, nice, nice. Near, down near me. Uh, you've been to this ride before? Um, not uh, in this area, but run by a different organisation. But yeah, no, this is the first time this one, but lots around the area. Nice. And I see from your, your trailer you're well kitted out. You've been to all the off-limits rides as well. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty gutted about Tussock Bustle this year, but we'll be back next year. Nice. Uh, so 37 kilometres by my reckoning on that trail. You guys have done a couple of laps. What are your thoughts? Any standout moments? I, I just like the variety of it. You know, a bit of paddocks, a bit of uh, soft sand, a bit of tight forest stuff, a couple of bloody cattle races, a bit of mud. It was excellent. Nice. And yourself, mate? Oh, nice sand whoops. Uh, I enjoyed the big mud runs at the end. A bunch of fun passing people through there. Not much. Any, any moments? Oh yeah, cut, 
cut the inside a bit nicked a stump on the inside and swapped out the window myself but apart from that we're good <laughs> nice one and for you guys what is this father and son kind of bonding get out there and get amongst it time yeah, we've been doing it for, uh, I don't know, how long, how long, Steph, six, seven years, and Steph was about 10 years old, so he's 16 now, so, uh, yeah, get, get out there, it was, it was probably only about six months, I don't know, it's not three months where we were both the same speed, um, and that was about five years ago. Nice one, well, look, look forward to catching up with you, uh, I won't hold you up too long, because, well, it's time to go home, it's been a tough day, but I uh, look forward to catching up with you guys, you know, other, other rides around the region. Yeah, we'll be, uh, we go to most of the trail rides around here, so we might see you there. Nice. Got home, cleaned, uh, hosed the bike off, got the motormark on it. I know we prattle on about motormark every week, but they're fantastic. And got the motormark on the bike. The bike is sparkly clean again. Uh, need to get that uh, clutch uh, brake lever sorted. Honestly, the more I hear about um, you doing these trail rides, the more I want to do them. But I don't quite have the bike for the job. Yeah, it, it is. Um, some of the stuff we did today... I like I, I sometimes think about your bike and think why wouldn't you because it basically is the same what's physically what's the difference between a CRF 250L and a CRF 250L rally apart from the fairings and the screen I think about 7 kilograms um, but the difference between a CRF 250L rally and a CRF 250RX or CRF 250X is about 35 kilograms and about 30 more yeah but yeah. that doesn't matter um, doesn't and then matter. there's um yeah the engine which yeah taking it on the sand the other week with uh chris power from the dirt um yeah i did kind of think well i think i may have found in part the upper limit of uh power versus traction but um yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm still loving my little bike, but yeah, it's probably not the kind of thing I want to take on a trail ride because it has those fairings. No offence to you, I think half your issue on the sand was an experience. Yeah, there was that, and uh, not enough berries, not enough speed, because, um, yeah, as you saw, um, I did post the uh, video from the GoPro uh, up onto the Facebook page, and, um, yeah, I I just didn't have enough speed going or whatever. But um, but the other thing to this, and this is where I'm going with it, is tyres. Now, the tyres you have on are probably very, very good at adventure tyres, very, very good on the road, but they're not knoblies. Yeah, they're definitely not knoblies. This is the other thing I was thinking about. So uh, the stuff that we were in today, uh, when you have a look at the video up at the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Podcast, you'll notice that there's a lot of sand, there's a lot of loose stuff, and there's a lot of mud. And in that, taught it, in that sort of terrain, you need something that can rev high, but you need the knoblies to, to, to dig in, and you need that mechanical grip in the bike to power you up the hill. So when you compare, for example, the WR to some of the motocross bikes that were out there, and I'm, I'm one, I started on a CRF250R, uh, I'm surprised, and that's why I say that the WR makes me look good, because I don't feel that I've changed from my days riding a CRF, but I go a lot further on the on the WR than I ever thought possible on the CRF. Mm, yeah, and it is bikes, um, well, horses for courses, so WR and WR250F stands for wide ratio, which you got that wider gearing and everything, um, and it works. Make you do more work. So maybe we need to find either an easy trail ride or another bike for you. Yeah, well, I'd love to get another bike, but I don't think I'm getting away with that anytime soon, just between you and me. Um, and the next bike I want to buy is um, one I'm really pushing for is um, one that I can rebuild for the little fella. Um, I'm really keen to get him his first bike, a little 50cc something. Um, and slowly rebuild that over a couple of years, um, potentially with some of his input, because he loves to get on the tools. Doesn't know what he's doing with the tools, but he loves to get on the tools. Um, and yeah, that, that would probably be what I'd do. But uh, I think instead of getting another bike, getting another big ride in, uh, that'd be probably a bit more me. Another big ride like our Taranaki ride. We've been throwing around the ideas here uh, on the next big ride. Um, Somebody mentioned, why don't you just hang on till uh, till Burt Munro? Uh, because, of course, I can't go to Cold Kiwi. I'm just, I've put my hand up and said I can't do that. I'm not allowed. Yep, fair enough, too. Um, well, I'm hoping to, 
but depends on what the uh, family finances look like closer to the date and, um, yeah, what the wife says because um, you and I are both beholden to uh, our better halves and uh, what they say goes, unfortunately, especially when it involves a weekend away from the family. I think we both subscribe to happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah, that's the one. Um, so we've thought about uh, Bert Munro. And I think you're pretty keen. You are going with your uh, your old man. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. I I might I might tag along. Uh, I haven't I haven't committed to that yet. Uh, but I suppose I probably uh, better uh, commit pretty soon if I am because you know spaces will be running out. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, I haven't even seen um, on the rally website if um, you can buy the tickets yet. So oh, okay. The general rally pass is only sixty bucks, but. Um, as we've discussed um, while we've been talking about our next big uh, power band ride, uh, the old ferry is um, a wee bit challenging financially. That does suck up a lot of money, which means for uh, for a ride for, for the podcast, I think we're probably pretty restricted to the North Island. Now, we've been asking for feedback, and one person that I know listens to the podcast quite a bit is a riding buddy of mine by the name of Rob. Now, Rob uh, is a really good dude. Uh, I've been riding with him for a number, a number of times, a number of places. Um, most recent of which was Tussock Buster last year. Uh, and Rob's a good dude. He's got a son. He's probably, what is he, 16, 17. He rides as well. Um, Rob messaged me with a bit of feedback uh, via the old book face the other day saying, hey, mate, love what you're doing with the podcast and love that I can say that I knew you before you were famous. Um and I said, got any feedback? He goes, yeah, I think the podcast could do with another road trip. Maybe Boom Buster. <laughs> now, Boom Buster is an interesting thought. Boom Buster is run by Epic Events. It's, uh, oh, Boom Buster. Is it? I'm pretty sure Boom Buster is generally uh, based in Topol, but it's on the Napier Topol Road about half an hour out of Topol. Now, Epic Events run a lot of trail rides. It's basically one trail ride every month from around about May through to October. October, and they're generally based around Topol. Boom Buster is an event that you probably could do on the CRF250L rally uh, and not be worried about uh, about your fearings. Mm, I would need to upgrade the tyres, though. Um, I'm pretty sure you could... Your, your tyres, they're off-road. They're, they're, they're adventure tyres, right? Mm, they're a 9010 tyre, so um, I could possibly do it if it was dry, but there is a wee, a fair bit of sand there and whatnot. Um, the terrain at um, at in Topol and in surrounding areas, it's not sand. There's no sand. It's all pumice. So it's good. Oh, what's the difference there? Being so volcanic, pumice comes out of the volcanoes and stuff. It's uh, it's a very porous rock, so it um, it's very free draining. So you very seldom get muddy mud holes that you need knobbly tires to get out of. Uh, and it's it's mega traction because have you ever seen the pumice rock? Maybe your wife's got a pumice rock in the bath that she scrubs her feet with or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically that. Uh, so um, and they they level bar and 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 um, and mow over and bulldoze the trails pretty much every time they run the event. So uh, is as close to highway riding as a trail ride can be is probably Burnbuster. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, looking at the photos, it does look pretty damn good. Um, one fly in the ointment though is the dates 13th and 14th of july this year i can definitely say i won't be able to make those dates um but hey that's that's an option it's a it's a, it's a thing we'll put that on the pin board uh, another trip that we've been talking about is potentially east cape through gisborne and all the way out there yeah and because um, i want to go to lake waikere moana looks absolutely beautiful and um you did actually send us a uh, google map plot uh, the other night, I believe, um, and I've actually looked at some of it in detail, and um, I think you're probably going to want to do something about your uh, tyres or borrow a bike if we do this trip, because there is a lot more gravel than our uh, forgotten highway trip. Is there on that trail oh, that yeah. I that I sent? Oh yeah. So the trail, the, the trail that I sent through. Let's let's quickly talk about that before we uh, try and pinpoint where the gravel is. Basically, I came up with a one thousand kilometre loop. Um, I figured that you would start in Cambridge, where you live now, go down to Topor, uh, then up the Topor Rotorua Road to um, the turn off. I can't remember exactly where that is, but you hang a right and you go down towards Mutapawa, uh, Mutapara, and Te Uruira and down to uh, 
basically Hastings. And then you're on the coast road. You carry on. Uh, you carry on east. Go north to Gisborne, and then up past Tolaga Bay, Tokamaru Bay, up to Tiaroha, and then you're following the peninsula back around to Tauranga and back to uh, Cambridge. So where's the gravel? Oh, so that's the trick here. So um, well, let me have a look. So State Highway 38, which runs from Murapara all the way through the. Um, Urawera National Park. That's gravel, is it? Well, not all the way, but from about, I'm just on the old Google Maps on my phone as I speak. So from approximately Ruatahuna uh, is gravel, and it goes gravel all the way around Lake Waikerimoana to a place called Tuai, I believe. Uh, T-U-A-I, is that, am I pronouncing that correctly, Tuai? I reckon you're pretty close on that one. Um, and, yeah, so there's a long gravel stretch there. See, another another option is to, to do that trip. But, it, see, I was actually thinking I'd probably start to meet you in Taupo, um, and, and instead of going all the way up to uh, to Cambridge. You, you guys could ride down to Taupo, I'll meet you there, then we carry on the trip. Um, I could go Napier-Taupo Road towards Napier and then meet you uh, in wider Oh, heck yeah. And we've got to get uh, Mike on the big old CBF uh, CBR along as well. Yeah, and you know if there's gravel, if, you know if he knows there's gravel, he ain't doing it. Mm, yeah, well, I've just done a quick uh, Google Maps search from uh, Ruatahuna to uh, Tuai, and yeah, it's slightly further than the Forgotten Highway. Um, it's a nice, real twisty uh, stretch of road. 63 kilometres of gravel. Which sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. See, I, I'm keen, but I'm just not keen on the WR. I'm, I'm just not keen on the MT. <laughs> on the WR, I'd do it. But the WR's not roadworthy or road legal. Mm, at this stage. So let's let's put a pin in that. Let's keep uh, mulling that over. And if you've got, the listener, I'm speaking to you now. Yeah, you with your headphones on. If you've got an idea of where we should be going on our next big ride, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, as I said, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast. Love to hear from you any way you like. Uh, and, and yeah, let us know where our next trip will be. Uh, if there's a forgotten highway somewhere that we don't know about, it doesn't have to be the Forgotten Highway, um, let us know. A. Ah, a Forgotten, forgotten highway. highway, that'll do, mate. If there's a, a track, a trail, whatever it might be, let us know, and we'd, we'd love to um, to include that in it as a thought in our next, uh, in our next ride. Uh, one more topic, one more option that we had, because uh, I've never done it, is the Coromandel Loop. Old Natasha Kins mentioned that. She lives up in um, Coromandel, and she said, oh, I'll be your tour guide. Uh, not that we probably need one because you're you're a local up there, but um, oh, it'd be awesome to hook up with her and go for a ride. She might be able to take us on some of the more interesting uh, back roads because I've done the Coromandel Loop. I used to work on the Coromandel Loop, and my parents live on the Coromandel Loop. Um, haven't actually done it in quite a few years though. I don't think I've done the Coromandel Loop since I owned my first two fifty. I can pretty much guarantee though, if Natasha takes us, it's going to be ninety uh, percent gravel, ten percent road. Yeah, well, which does me because um, I've been dreaming of going up to um, Waikowau, Port Charles, Fletcher Bay, um, and Port Jackson, and going camping and fishing. Um, and I'd love to go for a hoon up there because it's all gravel from Colville North. <laughs> Do you remember the bike that I had, uh, the old CRF 250L that I had, got stolen? Yes. So I can't. I can't do it. It's not. I don't have the bike for it. I'm not doing it on the MT. <laughs> I just reckon we just need to get you a new set of tyres and you'll be sweet. Nobly's on the MT. Yeah. Get some TKC 80s or something. <laughs> Give me something I can stand up on and I'll be fine. I can't stand up on the MT. Oh, so we need bar rises and uh, rally pegs for you as well. What are, what are, what are rally pegs? Are, are rally pegs lower? Oh, I'm just thinking more like what's on my bike. Um, yeah, old dirt bear claw pegs. My, my, my issue my issue is, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, is from when I'm seated on the MT, my feet are too tucked in to, to be able to stand up comfortably from there. Yep. Yep, fair enough. So, like, on the on the WR, the pegs to the seat, it's a greater distance, so it's easier to stand up. Call me fat. I mean, I'm, I'm going to the gym. I'm working on it. Right. Well, that pretty much rounds off another episode. Got to say a massive thank you to the team at Motormuck. I mentioned at the start of the podcast, Motormuck have sponsored our season. So they are keeping Powerband Podcast Season 3, as well as Season 2, free and without a paywall. Now... 
on top of that, they've given us the opportunity to give you Motomark at a massive discount. So you can go to motomark.co.nz, go and tick up everything that you want and, and put it in your cart, and then when you go to the checkout on the website, use the code POWERBAND, P-O-W-E-R-B-A-N-D, one word, you'll get 15% off. Motomark is a fantastic all-purpose motorcycle cleaner. Takes the, the elbow grease and the effort out of cleaning your motorbike. I took the W out today i got it absolutely filthy uh brought it home hosed it off i didn't they say don't pre-wash but i pre-washed anyway because it was a lot of mud and cow shit <laughs> then i covered it covered it in motor mark i let that sit while i went and cleaned my boots and my other gear and then i come back and use the water blaster and blast it off the the wr and it's beautifully clean it's not like i had to get the toothbrush out and clean everything every little nook and cranny 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 there that that it does a great job. So get Motomark, motomark.co.nz. Uh, use the power, the, the code POWERBAND and get 15% off. And what is it? Uh, yep, it's the middle of June. Till the end of June, you can use the code FREEF as well. F-R-E-E-F. You can use FREEF and POWERBAND together to get 15% off and free shipping. Also, a massive thank you to onthrottle.co.nz. Matt, this is your website. Up to date with all New Zealand relevant motorcycling goodness. That's the one. And got to say, massive thank you and high five to our mates at Kiwi Rider as well kiwirider.co.nz it is the magazine but it's not printed anymore it is an online interactive and clickable magazine uh, it's a uh it's a smart site too. Uh, it works well on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone. Uh, it resizes and makes things just so much easier. You don't have to carry a magazine with you. You've got it on your phone. Uh, so kiwirider.co.nz. Uh, they support us. We would absolutely love it if you'd support them. And that pretty much rounds us off. One more thing to do, Matt. Oh, dad joke. Now, whose turn the is dad it? Dad joke. Well, you did it last week, so I'm going to do it this week. Oh, goody. All right. Because uh, we, the story about behind this is uh, that we are both dads, new fathers, and we need to practice our dad jokes for when our young fellas get bigger. Yeah, we got to get in there, practice to basically embarrass the pants off them. Well, and everyone loves a dad joke. Mm, well, uh, mums, mums don't love dad jokes. No, you know, everyone loves a dad joke. End of. It, dad jokes are funny, <laughs> all right? I won't hear anything against them. Right, how does a penguin build its house? Um, stomps it together, waddles it. It glues it together? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. There are no igloos in Antarctica. He glues it together. How does the penguin build his house? He glues it together. See what it? Yes, no, good. Right, <laughs> this is Powerman Podcast Season 3. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you email us, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook us, facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast. Uh, well, I've been Ray. I've been Matt. And we will catch you in seven days' time. <laughs> <laughs>